<laughs> I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Here we are one week before the midterm elections here in the U.S. And yes, we are talking about things. And I, you know, there's a fair question um, of whether, you know, Christians should be involved even in politics. A lot of Christians view politics as a dirty business, or they think that we are called to uh, something higher than the political world, which I actually would agree with. But I think we are called to kingdom work that affects every area of society, be it entertainment, uh, business, education, and yes, politics. That's my view, and I can back that up biblically if you want to have the, this discussion. But today, we're going to talk to someone who has been in politics, uh, worked in D.C. at what is now called the White House Office of Public Engagement. She now is a consultant for, uh, I don't know, I, she, she can tell you exactly what she does, but she uh, ran for Congress in the, her home state of Alabama. And she has a book that just hit that is called Running Into the Fire. And I like those fiery clouds up in D.C. Because, man, if you are a Christian and you are getting into politics, into government, uh, in a lot of places, it's kind of like storming the gates of hell. So we're going to have that conversation. Terry Hasdorf is my guest. Appreciate you guys being here. Chat is open. If you want to be a part of the conversation and you're watching live, we welcome it if you're watching it in the replay. Always appreciate your comments. Terry, great to have you on Life Today Live. Thanks, Randy. It's wonderful to be with you. All right. But help help me out with your with your consulting that you do right now when you're not promoting the new book, which is kind of consuming your current. Sure. Uh, so I, I have my own company. It's called Capital Solutions Consulting, and I do government relations work. I work with both nonprofits and for-profits to just help them with connecting into government opportunities. What what does that mean? What, like what opportunity? I would rather the government stay out of my business. But, but. Well, so if you're a nonprofit and you're looking to apply for grants, I have ah. a team of grant writers that I work with to help apply for grant funding uh, and work with uh, faith-based organizations to make sure that they are structured properly and have everything in order so that, you know, they, they don't have to be afraid. They know exactly what they can and cannot do with government funding. And then on the for-profit side, I uh, work with government contracting, uh, small disadvantaged businesses quite frequently, like Alaska Native Corporations and others and uh, connect people in with um, opportunities with, you know, contracts for government funding. All right. And you are you are uh, openly a Christian. Yes. Does that uh, how how is it in the circles that you're running in? Does that cause you any difficulty or is it just what's it like to be a Christian in government work? You know, it's surprising how many Christians there really are in mm. Washington. I think that's been the great uh, misperception. I think everybody looks at Washington and thinks of it as the House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, series, I think, took the worst of like several different political pe political leaders and put it all into one person. And now everybody thinks that that's what everybody in Washington is like. And I, you know, I'm here to tell you that uh, there are Christians in government. There are really good, <laughs> honest people in government. They just need more support and we need to give them more reinforcements. Uh, I know a lot of them personally. So, um, you know, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought the House of Cards was just the Clintons. <laughs> half, half the audience is like, what are they talking about? And okay. Um, here, so here's a question. Obviously, you believe that Christians should 
be involved in government. I would agree. Um, mm-hmm. How do we do that? Well, you know, it's about taking it personally and, and taking an active role. So it may mean uh, running for office or it may mean serving in government directly, but not everybody's called to the mountain of government. And so even if you're not, you don't feel like God's calling you into that arena, that's okay, but you still don't get a pass. Uh, because you, you know, have to understand that for those who are called, they need a lot of support. And I think that's where there's been a major disconnect in the body of Christ is um, we just don't get behind people enough and really support them. If you're honest and you are doing what you feel like God's called you to do and you step out into that arena, you've got to have the people of faith backing you mm-hmm. uh, who are like-minded or you're not going to be very successful. Yeah. What about what about just the average person at home that says, you know, I want to I want to make a change and uh, yeah, I can vote in, in the, for the president and I can vote for the governor. Uh, I have no idea who's running for school board right now, and, you know, uh, things like that. What does the average Christian do that feels like they're called into some level, the mountain of government, as you said? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 64 percent of Americans identify as Christians. And mm-hmm. that's why I wrote this book and targeted the body of Christ specifically, because that's the majority. And yet the striking reality is, is that almost half of Christians in the United States are not even registered to vote. Hmm. My faith vote says that there's about 15 million Christians that are not even registered. So, you know, and then when you look at even the ones who are registered that don't turn out to vote, that's a major voting population. Uh, so getting more involved is really critical. Uh, you know, voting is huge. That's something that needs to happen. But in addition to voting at the ballot box, people really need to vote with their wallets, with their time, with their influence, uh, because it's, it's a critical time in our country and it's really an all hands on deck moment. So when you, when you talk about the wallets, what are you talking about as far as what businesses we, you know, utilize? No, I'm talking about giving to political candidates. Okay. Okay. I almost named the book less than 1% because that's the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. Yeah, I, I so actually, uh, on my income tax, I checked the box that says, no, I don't want to give to these guys. Cause, and I think that's common because we don't, a lot of Christians don't trust government to use the money well, and they think, but they're already taking enough. Why would we well, give to I'm a not political talking candidate? About- I'm not talking about giving that way. I'm talking about doing your homework, finding a candidate who represents your values and then really getting behind Mm. them and not just saying, I'm going to pray for you or even I'm going to vote for you, but write a check, even if it's Mm. just a $25 check. When you're a candidate, you need all the help you can get. And, you know, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, gosh, I don't have like millions of dollars to give. So what what good is my donation going to do? Well, it can do a lot of good. Having been a candidate myself, I can Mm. tell you that. $25 $25 buys some yard signs that buys some radio ads. That's, yep. that's valuable. And more than anything, it tells that candidate that you have skin in the game, that you care. And yep. if you've given them a donation, you're probably going to vote for them. And you're probably going to tell your friends to go vote for them. That's true. I, I have made, um, <laughs> I think I've made one political donation in my life. Um, and I still have the yard sign to show for it. Um, he didn't win, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, if, if I am interested in running for office, and, and I think we would both agree that you don't just run for president or governor or Congress even, you probably are smart to run for something very, very local, typically. Uh, but even if I do feel like I'm called to, I mean, my, our vice president of media here, who's now the executive vice president of the ministry, ran 
for Congress uh, in Texas against Ted Cruz, which everybody's like, why are you running against Ted Cruz? But he felt like he just needed to step into that arena. He lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the you know the one percenter on, on the in the primary, but it it actually did. It was very interesting. It, it one it kind of felt, fed a lifelong dream. His family's very involved in politics, um, but it made a lot of connections. It helped him understand the system. It, it kind of you know he knew a lot already because he worked under the Reagan administration in both terms, but it. It got it. It was skin in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for anybody uh, that's wondering if they should run? Sure. Well, you know, first and foremost, what I tell people is, you need to pray. And if you feel like God's calling you to run, then for me, when when I ran for Congress, it was it was an act of obedience because I yeah. just knew I was supposed to do it. Yeah. I didn't know if I was supposed to win. I just knew I was supposed to run. And because I ran, even though I didn't win the race, I learned a lot. And a lot of that knowledge is what I've now used to put in this book to help empower right. others to know what to do and how to make a difference. So sometimes God has a plan that may be different from what we think. Just because you don't win the first time you step in doesn't mean that you weren't supposed to do it. And sometimes you have to run two or three times to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a branding and marketing campaign in a lot of ways and building that name ID and building those relationships with people in those communities are what it's all about. And so um, it's never a loss. You always gain knowledge and, and, and wonderful relationships a lot of times with people that you wouldn't know otherwise. And, and see, that's exactly what happened with him. And I love that you say it's never a loss because I think a lot of people, especially Christians, especially people that aren't, that are, you know, political novices, they think, well, why would I do that? I'm just going to lose. And you pointing out that there are far more benefits than just winning if you mm-hmm. feel like God has called you to do that. What's what's even the first step if somebody's like, I've always had that in the back of my mind, but I think I'll lose. And you're saying you're, there's never a loss. Mm-hmm. What, what do they do to kind of, where do they go? What's step one? Well, first and foremost, I really encourage people to get trained. You know, I think that's been a major disconnect. A lot of times people feel called to serve in government or called to run for office, but then maybe they haven't had a back or maybe they've been very successful as a business leader and they know nothing about the ins and outs of a political campaign or politics in general. So getting trained is really critical. And whether you're a mom who says, I just want to do more, I want to plug in, or you're somebody who's like, nope, I'm going to go put my name on a ballot. There's some incredible places where you can go for those types of trainings um that's i have an entire section in the back of my book that equips people with information on where they can go to get more training and then once you're trained and you're called then you have to be supported and that's the three things that i think have really been missing it's all three legs of the stool Mm. if those three things were there i think we'd have a much more powerful uh impact uh in in politics in general well, that that's good. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're if you think God's called you to run for something, and you know whether it's dog catcher or senator, uh, here's a good resource for you right there. Running into the fire by Terry Hasdorf, available wherever you get books. Um, what are the issues that you're concerned with these days? I know I've got mine, and they seem to be a growing list. The older I, older I get, and the more crazy our culture becomes. Mm-hmm. What what are you looking at? Well, you know, our country has never been closer to the brink of socialism. And socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. 
And our very freedoms are in jeopardy, including our religious freedoms. So, you know, it's time for the body of Christ to really engage on a political level to push back against some of this agenda that is really uh, right on our doorstep. And I think people just don't realize um, how uh, <laughs> limiting and, and controlling that could really be if it gets into the wrong hands and goes in the wrong places. So if you're consulting with nonprofits, um, what, what have you seen seems like it kind of goes back and forth and let's face it, it, it gets worse under Democrats for Christian nonprofits. Uh, and it got better under Trump, whether you love him or hate him. The fact is he was a lot friendlier to Christian nonprofits. Uh, and now God, I add some of the stuff that Biden administration is doing is frightening at times. Um, what are you, what are you seeing for churches, Christian ministries, adoption agencies, pregnancy planning centers, all those kinds of things that are related, directly related to the government. Well, I think there's a lot of misperception and a lot of fear around, especially if you're a church getting involved in anything that is tied with government. And so there's an entire chapter that I put in the book that's geared towards giving people firsthand information based off some of the best sources in the country that I've worked with personally when I worked on Capitol Hill and other places that you know can equip them with knowledge about here's what you can and cannot do you don't need to be afraid you just need to know where the lines are and know exactly what you're you know able to do and then we need to engage more and do those things so like one thing that i recommend heavily is that more churches start doing civics training civics is politically neutral it's just basically educating people on what good government is hmm. but you know and it's perfectly legal there's no issue with the irs whatsoever with doing that but a lot of people don't do that anymore and the schools have taken it out and that's that's such a basic fundamental thing that we need to have and that's something where the churches could really engage more so you know i'm putting out a call to action to the body of christ to yeah. just engage more politically that that's interesting i've never thought of having a civics home group in my church um but uh, yeah that's I, I i see the need for it right mm. Uh, all right. You have any you have any predictions for you got one week, so it's close enough. We can we can make some predictions. What do, what do you see happening uh, a week from now? Well, it seems like people are, uh, you know, very concerned about the economy. Uh, I think that, um, you know, you can't put food in, on the table and, and you can't put gas in your car because the prices have gotten so high. People are feeling that. And so I think you are going to see that reflected in the in the uh, voter turnout. Um, but really, ultimately, it comes down to people getting out to vote and voting in person is what I recommend heavily. It's the most effective way to vote. Uh, you know, you've gone there and done it in person and you know your vote's going to be counted solidly a lot, a lot more that way. So I think that's that's really critical. Yeah. I think the drop boxes were pretty effective a couple of years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> All right. You're not going to. I don't expect you to respond to that. Don't respond to that. When you were running in Alabama, what were the, because I mean, it's a conservative state. Um, what were the issues that, that got voters out then? The border, uh, making sure that, you know, our borders are protected. Really? Uh, making sure that uh, pro-life policies are protected. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, people in Alabama tend to be uh, very conservative, mm -hmm. fiscally conservative. So this, uh, you know, incredible $30 trillion deficit that we're in right now, it's just, it's staggering. Um, so I think that's really, you know, something that, that is very much on the mind of a lot of uh, people in Alabama. Were your were uh, were your COVID restrictions bad in Alabama? I don't think they were, were they? 
Uh, Alabama was not as extreme as, as a lot of states, no. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, some guidelines and, and things that had to be followed, but nowhere near as extreme as other states. One, one thing that we talked about yesterday with Kelly Shackelford uh, is a case they're working on where a lot of people in the military uh, have lost benefits, lost their jobs, uh, lost treatment for PTSD even, uh, because they, they wouldn't um, take the, I don't even like to call it a vaccine because it doesn't vaccinate you. You know, I've got had lots of vaccines and then you don't worry about it. But this one more, more of, you know, the treatment shot, whatever they're, they're trying, they're doing their best, I guess. Um, what, what do you see in the way of uh, sort of the, I don't know, the tendency for government to say you will comply or you will lose your job. You will lose, you know, your ability to move freely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of those things I think are, very, you talk about socialism. I mean, yeah, that's that's like communism. I've been I've been in communist countries, and there are people who are afraid just to move freely, and they do whatever the government tells them. You know, it just it's it's, it's concerning. It's very troubling, and that's why I'm you know saying we we have this right on our doorstep right now. Uh, and if people don't rise up right now and start getting more involved and engaging around getting the right kinds of leaders elected, um, this could very quickly take hold in a way that we may not we may not ever be able to push push it back out again. Uh, you know, America, I, I went to Russia on an exchange program when mm. I was in high school. Wow. And uh, I was one of 40 student leaders that was chosen from across the state of Alabama. We traveled to seven different cities and I saw firsthand what communism does to people. Oh yeah. And the oppression and the hopelessness and just the utter, you know, lack and despair that I saw there had such a major impression on me when my plane landed back at John F. Kennedy Airport after three long weeks in a communist country, I literally got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I'm right? so grateful to be right. an American. Yep. So, you know, we take it so for granted and that kind of freedom is very precious. And our right to vote in the ways that we do is very precious and we have to guard it and we have to Take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, we do. I was a week before Checkpoint Charlie was taken out uh, in Berlin. It was still east and west. The wall was coming down, but it wasn't coming. You know, wasn't all the way down yet. I, I was very young. I was in college, and we we had been in Europe, and then we were in Berlin, and then we crossed over, went through Checkpoint Charlie, in fact, which was the American checkpoint um, into East Berlin, and it was we it was like some dystopian movie. It was night and day, and I don't just mean the buildings and the streets, which had a very distinct, different gray appearance, but it was the people. There was a heaviness. There was an oppression over there on the other side. We saw it in somewhat in Romania, where we were tailed by their version version of the KGB, and of course in China, you know. Um, and it's worse in China now than it was when I was there. Uh, it there's this oppression, there's this heaviness. I think a lot of Americans, even though we like to complain about some of the bad things that are going on here, and they are bad, this is still the greatest country in the world, is it not? It's an amazing country, and you know when you look at the fact that we've got all these people fleeing here from places like Venezuela, and the very thing that they're trying to come here to yeah. escape is what we are about to embrace. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's just it's, it's mind blowing. We cannot let this happen here. Yeah, well, I appreciate people like you who are actually doing something about it. Um, what what do what do we need to know? I mean, yeah, we need to vote if you're not registered. 
What do you, do you help other people register to vote? Go pick up some people, maybe someone who can't drive or someone who's just disengaged. Uh, you know, help fund good candidates. I mean, is that is that really going to make the difference? You think? It makes a huge difference, Randy. Having run for office myself personally, I can just tell you, you know, they say that money is the mother's milk of politics, and I hate to say it, but we've created a system. We've kind of done this to ourselves where every year the campaigns get more and more expensive. Mm. Uh, and so because of that, if you're running, you have to have money. It's like a, a marketing campaign. And you can't market something without an advertising budget. And that's basically what you're putting together very quickly when you put your name on a ballot. So if you're, you know, not willing to take money from people that are basically going to own you and you're not a multimillionaire, where do you go for help? Well, if you're Christian, you go to other like-minded Christians who have resources and you say, hey, will you help me? And if they say, I'm sorry, we just don't get involved in politics, where do you go? Yeah. So this is this is why the body has to really rise up and support those who are who are like minded and doing things the right way. But between now and next week, the most important thing that you can do is go vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I plan on on going uh, Thursday early voting. Um, so that'll that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, with the state, you talk about advertising. So when you talk about advertising and getting your message out. Um, the typical, uh, maybe a little different in your city in Alabama, but typically the, the media, certainly the national media, dominant ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, CNN, Fox News would be the exception. Um, not friendly towards conservatives. Uh, and then you get into the social media where people are, and we'll see what happens with Twitter now that Elon Musk is in there. But, I, I you know, we're on it right now. But I know I, I have watched certain messages be squelched where people don't see them in their feeds. Uh, it just doesn't get the distribution that other things do. Um, how do we, how do we get our message out when so much of the people controlling the messaging systems, uh, don't want your message out? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I give a lot of practical tips in the book about how you can help support candidates that you like. But one of the things that you can do is, you know, call into a radio show that you know that person's going to be speaking on and, and tell other people, I'm supporting this candidate and this is why, mm. you know, uh, just telling your friends and neighbors. Uh, you don't have to use social media for everything, but you can put out, you know, some things or you can uh, find groups of people that are similar and like minded and then maybe go and, and attend one of their meetings in person and let them know, stand up and speak and say, hey, you know, I'm supporting this candidate and this is why and I encourage others to do so. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do that are practical to just get behind somebody. And it's amazing how uh, quickly people that are, you know, running for office will appreciate that and uh, mm. inform you about other things that you can get involved with. Yeah, you know, it, it's like if I was supporting BLM, it's like pushing a, a boulder downhill. But if I'm supporting my local crisis pregnancy center online, it's like pushing that boulder uphill. But if we get enough of us pushing, we'll get it there. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's all about the body. All right, Terry, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're, the work you're doing. Um, I hate, I, I, I understand because I've seen it. I've probably been on the side of it where, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we're not going to get involved in, in politics right now because there is a, there's a concern with the government coming back at you sometimes, but we can't, we, we can't cede that territory 
to people who don't believe in God, who who see no authority, that see see at least at least don't, don't acknowledge the wisdom, you know. And, and I think mm-hmm. we just we we've done that too much. We have to we have to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, look, not you know you you can have a lot, but but you're not you're not taking it all. And we, we have to do that. So thank you for being a part of that. What, what else do we need to hear before I let you go? Well, if uh, people would like to get in touch with me or purchase the book, you can go to my website, godovergovernment.com. If I had to sum the book up in three words, that would be it. We choose God over government. Uh, so godovergovernment.com. And then, you know, I just uh, encourage people to have hope. There are uh, good, honest people out there serving and making a difference. They just need more support. And you can make a difference and be effective and do a lot to really help impact things. And uh, I'm happy to happy to help in uh, any way I can to, to educate people on that. Great. Appreciate the great work that you're doing. If you want to run, thank you. Sir. You got you got two years to get ready. Uh, so uh, check out Running Into the Fire, uh, and if you want more help than that, then go to GodOverGovernment.com. Uh, and you know, when I saw that, I was like, "Is that is that God? We're choosing God instead of government, or are we saying that we want God over our government?" It works both ways. Both ways. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Get out and vote. Uh, if you haven't registered, I think you can still register in most states and vote. You got a week, so do it and research the candidates and vote for the ones that you feel like will uphold godly principles. It's that simple. So we got one week, people, we can do this. We got more for you. Uh, Tony Perkins coming up. Uh, we got some good guests between now and Election Day. So come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life of Real Life.